This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by Klein's Jewelry, MyBookie, and Skywonder Pyrotechnics. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world! Welcome in to another edition of Moneyline Week 4. In the studio with my partner in Grind. You can find him at Jordan PFX on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's up, Jerry? How you doing, baby? I'm in the zone. I hope you can hear it in my voice. On the ones and twos, behind the glass, rocking the music from 10 to 12 every Sunday, Cam. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Cam? How you doing, my man? Oh, man, you know I'm just living. How'd your fantasy squads go last week? You know what? I will say this. I started off 0-3 with all my leagues, or 0-1 in all my leagues, but since then I've gone 6-0, so you know wow. what? I'll take it. Big well, trades. I made some big trades that I'll, I'll let everybody know about. We'll take it. If you want to get in on the show at any time, you can tweet us at Moneyline97.5 or give us a call on the HRMP listener line, 713-780-ESPN. Also, during this hour, the third segment we will be having josh adhd on from roto grinders and fantasy insiders so if you want to get any of your stardom sit them questions i know last week that was a a big segment for us get your calls in 713-780-ESPN yeah definitely josh is the man he'll just go through he'll hook you up he'll let you know who to start who to sit and we have some fun kind of talking our lineups through with him kind of strategy wise and you know when he agrees with you you're on to something jerry he, that guy's good man what did we learn last week Wow, I guess this is a kind of our, our cash and trash kind of thing here. Who did well? Who didn't do well? Uh, for me, last week, I think uh, I think uh, Jordan Howard was a guy that I pushed uh, in daily. I also pushed him, you know, in seasonal, and he got his first touchdown of the year. Had a good amount of yardage, so it's nice to see Jordan Howard come through. Another guy I was really excited about, I pushed really hard for my, I believe it was put my name on it, was uh, Matt Breida last week, and he he came through over 100 total yards and three catches. And he, he came back in the game after hyperextending his knee to even add more yardage to that. So I certainly appreciated that because he really came through for me. Who comes to mind for you that came through last week? How can we forget Calvin Ridley, the oh, things that Lord. this guy is doing? I mean, don't get me wrong. When he was drafted, we expected big things, but... This is happening very, very fast. He is throwing up huge numbers. Seven receptions, 146 for three TDs. That's 40.5 points. That's a big day. That is amazing. Uh, I think the other two guys, remember, I pushed uh, Will Fuller really hard last week. He came through over 100 yards and a touchdown, so I definitely got that one right. That was fantasy cash. He almost had two touchdowns. He only got one foot down in the end zone on one of them, and it, it wasn't a touchdown. So that was big. And my other really big one was was Matt Ryan last week. What was that, over 40 points from Matt Ryan last yeah. week? Really big week for him. He's going back to that campaign that he had whenever he, the MVP season and whatnot, and I love it. And now the week one, the game under the lights, the first game of the season that everybody watched, 
what did we see? The same Sarkeesian offense that struggled in the red zone. Eight for eight the last trips in the red zone. They've got it figured out, but not so much because Julio's still not getting it. No, but to your point, it's it's Ridley, right? I think he's kind of the difference right there for him. And, you know, Freeman's been out. And, you know, Matt Ryan even ran a couple in a couple weeks ago. He had two touchdowns rushing. So they're figuring out a way to get the ball in the end zone. Calvin Ridley, man, you got to be excited about him going forward. I love it. I love everything about that offense. Everything makes sense because with Julio taking away all the attention, Hooper's not that bad of a, a catching tight end either. He takes at least a little bit of, of the attention of the middle of the field. And then you have Coleman, which is a, a all-around back. He can catch. He can run up the middle. Wait till they get Freeman back. Let's see what that offense is. No doubt about it. I actually have Hooper in my column this week for under-the-radar plays. You know, he's not a guy that's going to be Gronk, but I, I think he's a guy that can get you 50 yards and maybe a touchdown. So we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little later. So he might be somebody that if you're kind of desperate, if you have some injuries at tight end, maybe you can get Hooper in there just for this week because I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. And that's the thing with Atlanta now that when you try to target their games and their opponents, you want games like this. A high-scoring offense, cool. That means your team has to chase. Two, a team decimated by injuries, and they have both safeties out, the best linebacker out, and that just builds for a game script that, that entails points. That's what you want. You want games that the offense can score, but their defense has injuries. This is perfect, and this week we'll talk about it a little bit later, but that we, that, that game just screams fantasy goodness. <laughs> no doubt about that. What about the, the other side, Jerry? What were some of your favorite gambling plays that came through for you last week? Well, we were on Washington real big for the reasons where – the way that the game pans out, the first two weeks for Green Bay, the way that their games took everything for them out, out of them, the, the Chicago game, the comeback, the Minnesota going to overtime, and then they go on the road to a team that knew how to defend the pass. They, this is what they do. That's what Minuski does, and that's what they ultimately that's what they did. They, they used a run game, like I told you, to beat an, an elite quarterback, an, uh, an offensive powerhouse that you can call something you know when green bay's going they're a well machine the way to keep that machine off the field is through the run game and we saw that they kept them off balance every time that if, if you give rogers three possessions in a quarter then you're in trouble you know what i mean but whenever you're giving them one it's tough and that's what the washington redskins did they were they were doing long methodical drives and then scoring on all of them Again, Alex Smith, he's a game manager, and that's that's the games he's built for, to keep the ball away from the opposing uh, quarterback. And Adrian Peterson, holy crap, right? <laughs> like, that guy is playing, man, and he was a big part of it. He's getting in the end zone. I thought it'd be more of a Chris Thompson kind of game last week, and no, Adrian Peterson went bananas. Washington came through. I was kind of thinking Packers last week, but, hey, that's why I lean on my man Jerry here when we're talking about gambling on these games because that's what he does. So everybody out there, be paying attention when Jerry tells you something. There's a reason. He's done some research behind it. So this week we got another great slate of games. I, Jerry and I were talking before the show. It's finally kind of feel like we've seen a few games now. So we're kind of you know getting the feel for how these teams are, uh, how the betting trends are working, how the fantasy players are stepping up, you know which guys to target in on. So now we finally have a sample size that I think we can get behind. So I think we're just going to get better going forward here. I'd like to pose a question real quick because this has been boggling my mind for a little bit. When we, when we talk about Alex Smith and game managing, Look, he obviously came from San Francisco, went to Kansas City. Kansas City had a wonderful defense. Now he goes to Washington, and Washington has a great defense. 
How much of Alex Smith's game management and quarterback style is actually leading to these teams having a good defense? Or is is there no correlation at all? And I'm just tripping. I don't know. I just, I think he's a guy that doesn't take a lot of chances. He checks down a lot. He likes to throw to his tight ends. Um, You know, so sometimes maybe, to your point, Cam, you know, maybe they're not chasing points so much. So it's not worth the risk, you know, to take those shots down the field if you're you're not trailing in the game. So, you know, maybe it is a little bit of both. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think that Washington is an actual team that you would actually draft defensive-wise these days. (laughs) That's a good point. What you look for in some of these defenses, and we were talking about it right before the show started, defenses that are sneaky, scary, and a couple of them this week that we'll also touch on, and one of them is going to be the Cowboys. We we touched a couple of their players on there, and they actually have the highest-rated cornerback right now. We'll get to his name later. We'll tell you all about him a little bit later, but yeah, whenever you get these defenses like a Washington, somebody that goes under the radar, especially in the DFS world, when when you go to... Pick your defense. You always have the top three, top four ones. Whoever's playing the Bills, whoever's <laughs> playing the Cardinals. Um, but those will be heavily owned. And also, you can save yourself like fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks by going to a defense like the Cowboys that can get yep. sacks. At the end of the day, you don't necessarily have to have these turnovers or shutouts. It's sacks count up. You know what I mean? Uh, turnovers count up. Anything that you can get as far as peripheral stats. No doubt about it. And speaking of Seattle, I like them this week against Josh Rosen. Breaking news. News flash. Hey, y'all. What's up? Back again this week. Going to go around the NFL with a little injury news uh, before we finish out this first segment. So starting off at the QB position, Aaron Rodgers is going to be active again this week. He's had the same process going from week to week for the past couple of weeks after this knee injury where he basically doesn't practice throughout the week, does a light walkthrough on Saturday, comes through and plays on Sunday. And that's going to be the case again this week. Unfortunately for all you Jimmy Garoppolo owners and anyone who has any San Francisco skill players, he was put on IR this past week. So I'd really stay away from just anyone who's not made Matt Breida, I'd probably stay away from the San Francisco offense. And then this isn't injury news, but Fitzmagic is starting over Jameis Winston this week. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that whole situation plays out. Moving along to the running backs, Rex Burkhead was put on IR this week, which is good news for any of you Sony Michelle owners because Burkhead, he was really the only guy in that offense who was going to take away consistent carries from Michelle. We know James White is that third down back over in New England. Burkhead was going to be the guy who sort of split some of those carries with Michelle. With him out of the picture, Michelle's going to have all the opportunity in the world to really get his chance and take it in that New England offense. LaShawn McCoy is going to play with his cracked rib cartilage. That one, I'm a little hesitant to yeah. to pull the trigger on him just because of the fact that the cracked rib cartilage is actually more painful from what I've heard than cracking the ribs themselves. So props to him for playing through it, but that's something that I'd be hesitant on just throwing him right back into your lineup. Devontae Freeman is out again this week. Joe Mixon is out, but expect to see him back next week. He was practicing with his knee injury, so he should be good to go next week. Jay Ajayi is active, but he's playing with a fracture in his back and that doesn't sound good to me, guys. I, I don't know about y'all, but a fracture in the back does not sound like something that is going to be su- super easy to play through. So we're going to see. I would take a wait-and-see approach to see how he plays through that. And then a couple of guys in these afternoon and these afternoon games, we got Matt Breida and Alfred Morris, who are both questionable. But Matt Breida, expect him to play. 
He was further along than Alfred Morris, which might even be good for him in terms of the share, the share of the carries that he gets in that game. So I wouldn't have any hesitation at all of throwing him in your flex spot. Moving along, we've got uh, Bruce Ellington. He was put on IR. So just a name to keep in your mind, Kiki Kuti. Mm-hmm. I know he hasn't played at all, but he's just a name to keep in your head as we're moving forward through the season. He's got big play potential, and hopefully the Texans can get something. I'm speaking from a Texans fan perspective right there. A couple of the other receivers we've got. Alshon Jeffrey is going to be active. He's going to play for the first time this week. Anthony Miller, Bears receiver, he's going to be out this week. He had a touchdown last week. And then last but not least, Gronk is going to play this week. So that's it for now. We've got a ton of guys who are questionable. May, they may play. They may not play. We're going to have all that for you once the active and active list comes out. Uh, what are you hearing on uh, Leonard Fournette? One last one there, Andrew. Well, he just put his headphones down, so there you have it. <laughs> there you go. But no, it looks like Leonard Fournette's going to play. I saw that he actually tweeted out that he was going to play, and then he deleted that tweet. So that just makes me think a coach was like, hey, delete that. Don't let him know that you're going to play. So it looks like Fournette's going to be good to go. So if you've managed to stay relevant with your best player out for these first few weeks, now you're finally getting Leonard Fournette back. So get Fournette in your lineups today. There you have it. That's the first injury report of the day. He will be checking back in. You can find him at Hyped Up. Andrew on Twitter, our man Andrew Carlson. We see a few callers, or uh, they got daily fantasy questions. We'll get back to you on the other side. So let's go, let's go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Skywonder Pyrotechnics. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-ESPN is the number to get all your fantasy questions in. We have a few callers. Let's go ahead and go to the line now. Chris, you're on Moneyline. Hello, Chris. What's going on? You're on Moneyline. Hi, how you doing? Very good. How are you doing? Good. I had a question. Uh, in a half-point PPR league, Matt Breida or Philip Lindsay? What's your lean? We were just talking about the concerns with Breida being in the late game and maybe the little injury concern. And as far as Philip Lindsay, I really like him uh, from a PPR standpoint this this week. So I would myself, I would go Philip Lindsay on that. That's what I was assuming too. I just had to make sure because uh, you know there's no other weapons in San Francisco outside of Breida, so kind of hard to bench. <laughs> And the only thing about Breida that you do like is that say they do fall behind and the game script takes him out of the game. He is, I guess, considered the pass catching back there. So I, as far as that, it looks good. But 
I just don't see how they throw up points anymore. It's the loss there is if the quarterback is so big to that one team. He might be the one one of the biggest losses to any team as far as the quarterback. The, the expectancy on the 49ers was so high, and I just I'm scared to see what happens with all of their players. So yeah, stay away from them for a little bit. I mean, Kittle, you you obviously have to start because the depth at tight end in the league. Okay, he was a top uh, top tier or a top end tight end one. Now he's a back end tight end one uh, because there's not that many tight ends in the league. So as far as him. Be careful. Goodwin, be careful. Um, let's watch and see what happens. Yeah, I, I like Brita, but that injury really scares me. And remember, Lindsey, he got ejected last week, only played 17% of the snaps. So he might be looking to kind of bounce back since he got ejected. He might last be looking week. to yeah. punch somebody yeah. in the. <laughs> yes. All right, Lawrence, you're on. He's got a question about uh, Ajayi. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to ask y'all that because I have and I have Ajayi, uh, but I keep seeing that it's back. He might not play, so should I put him in, put Lindsey in for him? And um, I have Aaron Rodgers um, or Andy Dalton. And I got one more. Uh, I had uh, I put Calvin Ridley on the bench yesterday, last, last week. He went crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's either Calvin Ridley, uh, the uh, the wide right receiver for uh, the Eagles. With, uh, with, I don't know how to say his last name. Gloria or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nelson Aguilar. Okay. So, uh, is it is either Lindsey, Lindsey or Jahi, or um, I, I got to switch them two before it starts. So, which one do you think I should put? I'd probably go with Lindsey just because we heard that uh, report from Andrew about Ajayi dealing with that broken bone in his back, and he's already in a committee. So I think maybe roll with Lindsey. And I'm not getting away from Aaron Rodgers, even though I have Dalton as one of my starts of the week. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm never not rolling with Aaron Rodgers, so that, that's who I'd go with. And there. to me, that one of the this is one of those games where Rodgers bounces back. Uh, Buffalo's in a prime prime letdown spot coming off that big win. I could see Rodgers easily. This these are the games you need sometimes to get your season going, get that offense going, get everything. And and he's going to be lining up in the shotgun most of the game. You have to go him now. As far as daily fantasy, that brings two different worlds because if you're playing a cash game then I think that you can go with with uh with Dalton because he's so cheap. He's gonna be I think he's fifty four, fifty five hundred, one of the cheaper guys going against that Atlanta defense that allows a lot of stats. So a lot of people are going to gravitate towards him on a on a cash game. You can go ahead and do that because you're not trying to fade the public now. And I really think that Rogers is gonna go a little under owned this week because of cheap options like like uh, uh, like him or like a Keenum, for example, a cheap option. So people are going to fade away from the Rodgers or even maybe a Brady. Yeah, I do too. So in Rodgers is playing at home. I think that's big. You know, when he's there playing in Green Bay in front of that crowd, don't have to worry about the crowd noise. And it's Buffalo. Uh, do you think they're going to go in and beat the Vikings and then go in and beat the Packers? I, I don't. I think Rodgers can have a big game. Tyler, you're on Moneyline with a daily fantasy question. What's up? What's up, fellas? How are we doing? Doing good. Good, man. Hey, at first, I just wanted to thank you guys at uh, 975. We did the uh, much good history walk yesterday, and I know uh, they passed the, uh, the the tweet around the station. I just wanted to say I appreciate you guys, man. And uh, Bennett came close to his goal, and, you know, we uh, we were out there yesterday during the walk, you know, in the rain, and, you know, having a good time. Hey, I love but, to uh, hear that. I love to hear that, Tyler. Um, well, I know you reached out and through private message and thanked me. And like I said, we got your back here from the station to you. Uh, we're all about that from Barry and everyone that shared it. That we all got your back, man. 
Well, I appreciate it, man. And I, I just wanted to call this week, and uh, I'm staying away from making any plays because I took a bath yesterday. It wasn't a good day yesterday. So I'm going to do some daily fantasy. And uh, I was wondering, I normally throw a couple Texans in there that, you know, have a, a vested interest. Um, what do you guys think just based on the ownership of Deshaun Watson? Do you think he's going to go under-owned in some of these leagues just because of he hasn't been overperforming and, you know, Maybe uh, he goes out there and has himself a three or four touchdown game. You know, just wanted to see if uh, there's any value in him or one of our tight ends, either Aiken or Thompson, you know, to Susan Thomas. Um, I know he had like a 50-yard run last week, but, you know, just somebody that can fly under the radar and, you know, get you paid in daily fantasy. Let's see. I think as far as Watson, I think he might be worth a shot. I feel like. You know, the public might be a little down on Deshaun just because the Texans are so bad. But from a football standpoint, Deshaun's kind of dropping his eyes a little bit. And he's he hasn't been great. But for fantasy, he's been really good. And Will Fuller's a guy that I'm pushing this week. I really like Will Fuller. I think, man, as long as he's healthy, he's great with Deshaun. So I would look to fire him up as far as the tight ends. I mean, I know they're dirt cheap, but it is so tough to count on a, a Texans tight end to come through for you. I would probably stay away from that. But I don't, I don't have any problem with starting Deshaun this week. What do you think, Jerry? I think you will go under own some. And that game screams shootout to me. I, I really think that they shoot it out. And I'm, I guess we said it last week they're in a must win. And if last week was a must win, what does that make this week? Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's inside. You're going to have good weather. So, yeah, offenses should roll. Also, Deshaun Watson, his uh, visits to Lucas Oil Stadium was back-to-back quarterback top 10 finishes uh, when he faces that Matt Eberless, Eberfliss defense. So I expect him to get numbers, and I, I think today we see – and I'll say this every week, but today we see the Watson that we've been wanting to see. We see last year's Watson. Put my name on that now. All right, there you go. So he's big on Deshaun. If they're not going to do it this week, then they're probably never going to do it. So, and we talked about the Cowboys defense being good. That's who they're playing next week. But man, they're playing for their lives today. They got to beat the Colts. I think they've only won there twice as a franchise. So, hey, hopefully Deshaun can be the difference and get one us a win. One time, one in thirteen. Is that right? Okay. One in thirteen. So another thing, when he mentioned uh, maybe someone else, Ryan Griffin kind of sticks out to me for the reason that they run a Tampa 2 defense, right? So they limit big plays. They allow the fifth fewest completions of 20-plus uh, yards. They've allowed zero 40-plus uh, yard gains. Only four teams have surrendered higher completion rate, though, than the Colts. So what does that mean? They, they watch for the big plays, but they give you everything underneath. Look for Watson to get easy passes, things going underneath, and that a lot consists of the tight end. Get the snap, hit the tight end up the seam real quick, 10 yards uh, reception, 10 yards reception. What are we really looking at, a Griffin? Maybe a six for, for 80 and a touchdown would be wonderful, and he can easily do that in a game that screams shootout. He, he could. It just scares me as they use three guys. You know, that's my thing with the Texans is I like the matchup. I'm with you, Jerry. I just, I mean, they're going to get Aikens in there. I just don't. I don't know how those targets are going to get broken up between those those three guys at tight end. And then if Kiki QT comes back this week, then that's another inside guy that they're going to look to get targets to. So I like the matchup, but for me, it's just so hard to know which one of those guys is going to come through. And with Fuller, a lot of people think he's a one-trick pony, you know, that long ball. And we, you know, we talk about that all because that's what seems to stick out to the fantasy guy. But truth is, out of his 20 targets, seven of them 
seven have been within 10 yards. So he's not only catching the long ball, he's hitting everything intermediate also. And he's catching the ball this year. You know, that, that was kind of a knock on him was his hands. And just to me, looking at him, when I see him and Hopkins on the field together now, they kind of look similar in, in body type, which tells me Fuller's put on some muscle. He looks a little bigger this year, and we know the dude can run. That's never been a question. So uh, I love Will Fuller. Every week, you know, I'll put my name on that going forward, man, Will Fuller. And just to put a bow on it, when teams facing the Colts target the, the tight end position, Andy Dunn, 5 for 5 for 57 yards in the touchdown. The Colts, 7, I'm sorry, Alex Smith, the 7, and he went 7 for 9 targeting the, the tight end position. Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, also a TD. And last week, the Eagles, they tormented them, 13 receptions, 156, and another touchdown. Those are all tight ends doing work on that defense. I think Griffin is super sneaky. There you go. And on the other side of the ball, the Texans, they – they get exposed by tight ends pretty frequently. You know, Ingram went down early with that MCL injury last week for the Giants, so he didn't really have a chance to do much because he got hurt. But then you saw, you know, Sterling Shepard start just racking up the yardage. So Jack Doyle's out again. So I like Eric Ebron once again this week. I mean, he I think he dropped like two touchdowns, and, and yeah. Luck, I think, missed him on one. I mean, he almost had a huge game last week just for some some small little things that didn't go his way. So, uh, And he's he's very affordable on DraftKings, so I really like uh, Eric Ebron this week. I do, too. He uh, His snaps are there. He just And this is when you jump on someone like him in a DFS world where everyone was on him previously. He threw up a dud. This is where he shines, and then you catch yourself Sunday night asking yourself, why? <laughs> no doubt about that. Man. We have another question from the Twitter, uh, from the tweets line. Flex play, Brita or Deshaun Jackson? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to side with Brita, but have another option because it's a 3 o'clock game. You don't know for sure he's going to play. I listened to him interviewed this week, and he was talking – well, we don't want to we don't want to mess up anything going forward later in the season and push it too hard, you know, comments like that. So I was like, "Ooh." And but if he plays, I think they're going to be throwing a lot of passes to him. So I would make sure you have other options, but I would go with Brita. And the thing that scares me as far as Jackson is, he's a boom he's he's a boomer bust. That's yep. what he is. He has been super efficient. He caught 12 of his 14 passes this year, but if you look at his target count, Five, four, five. What do you really – he has to get a touchdown to pay off because the PPR doesn't even pay itself off for someone, especially now that his price is going up with that offense uh, hitting on all wheels. You know, it's, it's getting to a point where the value has gone from him. There's too many targets. I mean, now O.J. Howard's getting going. He's starting to produce every week. Cameron Brait finally scored for the first time all season last week. And then you still got to deal with Evans. And you know, Chris Godwin is playing a lot. He's he's producing. I think he's got a touchdown in like every game. So just where is Deshaun going to fit in? He, to me, I call these guys uh, Joey Galloway players. Do you remember <laughs> Joey yeah, Galloway? How can I forget? Yeah, man, it was either a 70-yard bomb or it was nothing. And for me, that's – and it's funny. They're both on Tampa, Deshaun and Joey Galloway. So I think Deshaun is the new Joey Galloway. So you better hope that he comes through with a big, long catch or he's going he's gonna to get you a big zero. You make a great point as far as there's a lot of – targets to go around in different spots because there's a lot of a talent at different positions so mike evans he leads the way with 30 godwin's second oj howard's third deshaun jackson's only got 14 adam humphrey's 12 
So yeah, forgot about him. That's what, so. So at this point, it's it's hard to get to Jackson. But if he gets you the touchdown, that long touchdown, he pays off. And I guess you just got to find the spot where he can ultimately beat the teams over the top. He's the guy to have in like a best ball league, right? To where just you know you draft him, and the, your guys that blow up the most are the ones that count for your team. Like Deshaun Jackson's a great guy for a league like that, but he's hard to count on. You know, and even in daily or in seasonal, I, I try and stay away from him. When we come back. Everybody's favorite segment, Josh ADHD from Roto Grinders and Fantasy Insiders is going to be on. So go ahead and get your calls in, 713-780-ESPN. He'll be ready to answer anything. We see you on the line, Kenneth. We'll get you on the other side. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Sister of Venus and Serena Williams who was slain during the gang shootout in Compton Sunday, September 14th, 2003. Rest in peace. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Party over here, shaking for the man of the year. Met man of the year, met man of the bounce. Where I see girls everywhere, hands, hands, hands in the air. So party over here, shaking for the man of the year. Met man of the year, met man of the bounce. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-ESPN to get in on the best segment of the show. The man of the hour. The man of week four. None other than our guy, Josh ADHD. What's up, man? Jerry, Josh, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Good, man. How are you doing this Sunday? I'm doing good. Doing really good. Fantastic. Oh, just kind of uh, quickly, your thoughts from last week, things that kind of stood out for you. Yeah, so the thing that stood out for me most, I think, was the the transformation that the Browns offense underwent once they inserted Baker Mayfield in the lineup. You you saw what we thought we would see from the Cleveland offense from the beginning of the season, which was this, this dynamic offense that could throw the ball downfield, that could run the ball at will, and it's just it kind of all came together in the second half for them last week. So I think we're going to see a lot of that going forward. I think they're going to be a very pass-heavy team, and I'm really, really optimistic about their prospects today. That's what I was about to ask you. It looks like uh, Baker's priced at about 5300 5, on DraftKings. So you like him as a play today? Absolutely. I absolutely do. I think he's an ideal pivot from uh, Andy Dalton, who's probably going to be super chalky today. We're on the phone with Josh ADHD from Roto Grinders and the Fantasy Insiders. Let's go to the listener line right now, and we got Brandon with a fantasy question. Uh, yeah, I, I have two uh, slots I'm looking to fill. Out of four options, I have uh, Ted Ginn Jr., uh, Alshon Jeffrey, and uh, Josh Gordon. Actually, three options. So I'm just looking to, out of those three guys, which two should I plug in? Okay, so tell me who the first one was again. Uh, first one is Ted Ginn Jr. Oh, Ted again. Okay, I you know I think I'm, I'm fine with Ted again today, and I also like Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, both of those seems like kind of a high risk play. I think Gordon is actually the highest risk play of the bunch. So the question you'll have to answer for yourself is, how much risk are you willing to endure? How much upside do you need? I think Gordon is the highest upside guy, but he could put up a goose egg just as easily. So. You know, for that reason, the floor that I'm thinking about, I'd rather have Ginn and Jeffrey in my lineup. All right, let's get let's get to another caller. Kenneth, you're on Moneyline. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, 
Okay, so I have a wide receiver two and a flex, and I have Goodwin in there, and I have Watkins, but I do have Allen Robinson, Keenan Cole, and Josh Gordon on the bench. Who should I start in my flex and my wide receiver two? I think you should definitely play Allen Robinson this yep. week. Tampa Bay's been very susceptible to slot routes this year. They've given up the most points per route run to the slot, and that's Allen Robinson's bread and butter in the Chicago offense, so you definitely have to play him. And then between Keelan Cole and Josh Gordon, I don't have too much preference between those guys. I think they're going to be probably similar target volume. Cole might have a slightly higher floor. So if you wanted to flex the play out of that, I would probably flex Cole over Gordon. Okay. There you go. And, yeah, Josh, I am so with you on Allen Robinson. I've got him as my start of the week. Uh, the Bucks. it looks like they're giving up almost 50 points a game to the receiver position. So I really like him going forward. I know he hasn't had a huge game yet, but I think it happens today. Yeah, I think a lot of people are betting on that, too. He's going to be really, really chalky this week. And it, there's a lot of good reason behind it. So I think it's a solid play. All right, let's get to another call. Brandon, you're on Moneyline. What's up? Yes, sir. I need some help with my flex. Alex Collins or Sony Michelle? You know, I'd probably play uh, Alex Collins here. I think his floor is a lot better. I, I don't mind Michelle. They seemed to force-feed him the ball yesterday, and, or not yesterday, but last week in Detroit. I don't know if that was uh, what kind of happened there, but he didn't look good doing it either way. I'm a little bit hesitant about him. I'd like more information before I can recommend him as a play, so I'm, I'm with Alex Collins. 713-780-ESPN. If you want to get in and ask any questions, we got Josh ADHD from Marota Grinders on the line. Hey, hey Josh, uh, I just uh, I wanted to follow up on the Ravens' backfield with his question there. Are you getting a little worried? It looks like you know Buck Allen's coming in and vulturing some TDs, and I mean they they like him a little bit. Are you a little worried about Alex Collins kind of you know going forward? Uh, I'm not too concerned about it, really. I think that Collins is going to get plenty of volume. They, they use him in the passing game a little bit. Not a ton, but a little bit opposite of um, Javorius Allen. So, you know, I, I'm still very, very bullish on Collins. Once game scripts kind of get in Baltimore's favor a little bit more, I think Collins is going to rake. There you go. There you have it. Let's let's jump around just a little bit uh, on your thoughts on daily by position this week. Uh, let, I want to start with the tight ends. I'm, I don't know. What, do you have any, any feel for the, the tight end plays this week? You know, tight end has just been this total minefield this season, and it's a lot like it was last year. But, you know, some of the popular plays this week, I think Tyler Eifert's going to be very popular. His his workload has trended up through the first three weeks of the season. They're playing a very, very wounded Atlanta defense this week. I like him as a play. I think this is a week that he could go off. Eric Ebron's going to be kind of a, a just kind of a flowchart play, I think, for a lot of people because mm-hmm. Jack Doyle's going to be out of the lineup. I mean, it, Ebron got 11 targets last week, and he didn't do a whole lot with it. And that's kind of been his MO since he's been in the league. But he could pop at any time, especially if we think he's going to get between 8 and 11 targets again this week. I think that's possible because this Houston-Indianapolis game has some real, I think, sneaky shootout potential between these teams because the defenses are just they're susceptible. The offensive lines aren't that, aren't that great, but they're not that bad. The, uh, the quarterbacks can sling it around if they have to. So I don't mind Ebron too much. But what I'm doing personally is I'm reaching down into the 2000s range, and I'm looking at, like, Austin Hooper. I'm looking at Ricky Seals-Jones, Dallas Goddard. Those are the three plays I'm looking at this week, especially for my cash game lineups. I like Goddard a lot. He got a lot of target volume last week. He turned it into some very, very good production. I think they're probably going to continue utilizing this two-tight-end attack in Philadelphia. As uh, Even though Alshon Jeffrey's back, I think they're going to probably try to work him in a little bit. 
So to me, I like Goddard a lot at 2,800. I think he's a super play. Oh, that's a sneaky play. That's exactly who I'm looking at right now. It's funny you say that. He had a career high in snaps last week, routes run, and the production, obviously, with seven for 73 in the touchdown. And it seems like they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel um, going forward. Now we know that Tennessee really hasn't allowed much, but I think that's more due to the the people they played. And I think this week we see it. I I would love to see a two-tight end offense, like let's say like what the Patriots are trying to build at one point, you know, with – with the killer and uh and Gronk, <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it, it honestly it, for the NFL sake. Outside of what the Rams are doing with their with their um, eleven personnel primarily every week, if you get a team like Philadelphia that runs twenty one as their base set, they could be so so diverse out of twenty one. And I think that's exactly what they were looking to do. And I think that's exactly why they drafted Goddard this year. That brings me to a good point. I reached out to you earlier this week before the Monday night game. I was in a good spot to uh, to cash. I had beat a lot of the field on a – it was a two-game slate. And I asked you about the Rams offense. And I was asking you about who was going to be shadowed by Rhodes or whatnot. And you straight up just answered me real simple that there's no way to tell on that Rams offense because they line up so different. And going forward here, do you think that's something that they, it makes a matchup proof? from every position on the wide receivers? Yeah, the Rams, they are, I think they are matchup proof. And, um, you know, what, what I was telling you earlier this week, and I just tell everybody here, like, the Rams run everybody out of the slot equally. And whether that be by stacking personnel in the slot on a, a particular snap, you know, they'll run a, a bunch set, or if they're just rotating guys through the slot, and they can all run every kind of route they want to run out of the slot. So, to me, you could stack the Rams' offense every single week going forward, in my opinion, and you'll be just fine. Just fine, because they distribute their, their workload among everybody, and they've just been so stinking productive that it's it's really hard to turn away from it. Awesome, awesome. I love it. 713-780-ESPN. If you want to get in and, and, and get any questions into Josh, ADHD from Fantasy Insiders and Roto-Grinders, let's go back to the line. Richard, you're on. Moneyline, what's up? Hey, guys, I had a question. Uh, I lost Jimmy G for the year, so now I got uh, Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Blake Bortles. Who's my quarterback going forward? I would probably, you know, I'd probably go with Tannehill at least today. I don't mind Bortles too much. I am a little bit concerned about Bortles and how they use that offense once Leonard Bordet is fully healthy. Uh, Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen is going to be a very boomer bust play for you. In, in certain weeks, I think he's going to be great. He's certainly a very athletic quarterback. They are not afraid to use him running the ball. So Allen will have some floor every week, regardless of whether he's throwing touchdowns or not. Uh, but personally, Tannehill's been playing very well. That offense looks very, I would say, diverse, but they are capable from, from a, an efficiency and scoring standpoint. So I, Tannehill, to me, is the best of that bunch. All right, let's go to another call. Octavio, you're on Moneyline. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, just a quick question on receivers, CPR league. Uh, Tyler Boyd, Demarius Thomas, uh, Lockett, or uh, Callaway with the Browns? Oh, man, that's that's a good one. I think um, if you're looking for upside, I would definitely look at Callaway this week. I think Callaway has a, an opportunity to have a, a really huge game this week. Uh, Oakland does not pressure the passer very well. Cleveland is a very good pass-protecting team. So I think Baker Mayfield has an opportunity to sit in the pocket and let routes develop which benefits Callaway, who will be able to get down the field. So I really like him as a high upside play. You mentioned Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd's a very safe floor play this week, and he has some potential to have a lot of fantasy points like he did last week, just playing opposite of A.J. Green. You know, this, this Cincinnati offense has looked completely different since Bill Lazor took over the play calling, 
And I'm, I'm really optimistic this week for them to, to produce and play well in Atlanta against that defense is pretty, pretty roughed up right now. Thank you. All right, uh, we're going to do uh, another one here. We'll go to uh, Cody. Cody, what you got for Josh? All right. Wait, uh, but uh, the other option is John Brown. Who do you think has the highest floor? Okay, I, it, uh, it dropped out for a second. I missed the first the first option that you listed outside of John Brown. Tyler Boyd. You already talked on him, though. I did talk on him. Yeah, I, either one of those plays, I don't I don't mind a, a bit. I like John Brown quite a bit. The Denver pass defense has not had the teeth that it has had in previous years, and I've, I've noticed that teams have been able to get their wide receivers open against Denver and kind of do not exactly what they want to do, but pretty much what they want to do. So I don't mind John Brown a bit. He's getting plenty of workload in that offense. So I think you can flip a coin and be just fine. Thank you. Man, and the calls just keep rolling in, Josh. You are a pop, popular guy on Sunday mornings, that is for sure. We're just trying to, to get everybody on the line real quick. But looks like uh, looks like Will is ready to go. Will, what do you got for Josh? Hey, how y'all doing this morning? So, I had, man, I got a dilemma, man. I, dra- I drafted Deshaun Watson, <laughs> but I ended up picking up uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick off the waivers, man. Who do you think I should start this week? I think you have to start Deshaun Watson. You know, it's. We saw, we kind of saw the good and bad from Fitzpatrick last week. When when Fitzpatrick has a lot of pressure in his face, he tends to make mistakes, and he's, it's what he's done his entire career. Chicago is going to be just assaulting him all day today, and you know Fitzpatrick may get some punches in, but for me, I, I like Watson as a floor play. I like him as a ceiling play, and I would certainly take him over Fitzpatrick. There you have it. Start Watson, and it looks like we got one more. We got Bob on hold. He's got a fantasy question. What you got for us, Bob? Hey, it's a standard league. I need three of these guys. Um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd, and Amari Cooper. You know, I think I think I would start the two Chargers and Tyler Boyd and put Cooper on the bench this week. All right. There we have it. All right, well, I had a couple uh, for you, Josh, as well here. I, I do a little kind of under-the-radar plays thing where I do every week. Um, what do you think it tied in about Burton this week? Uh, I think I think maybe this is a week he could do something. Do you have any thoughts on him? I love it. I think it's a great play. You know, it's especially in tournaments where, you know, a lot of folks have rostered Burton the, the first couple weeks of the season expecting this big hit. It didn't come, and now they're playing a defense that's very susceptible in the slot. I think it's a perfect week to get Burton in there at really low ownership and high leverage. Fantastic. Jerry, what do you got for Josh? All right. All right. So I hear the talk this week. Everyone's gravitating to the cheap option of Andy Dalton. How high of an ownership do you think he'll carry, and do you think that he should be used in tournament lineups? I don't, I don't mind it at all in tournament lineups. I mean, we saw what Drew Brees did against that defense last week in the very same situation there in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. So I don't, I don't think – Dalton is a bad tournament play at all. I think he will be highly owned in tournaments with, with a lot of folks gravitating toward that game as a game stack. So for that reason, I would fade him. I would find somebody else to play. You know, you could play Matt Ryan off the other side of him at much, much lower ownership and, to my, in my opinion, a much higher ceiling. And um, so Dalton, I'm going to guess he's probably, I don't know, 20 25% owned this week. And sticking to the same game, a game that many people are predicting to have uh, a lot of points. Do what do you think about stacking opposing running backs? Like, for example, in this in this 
in this certain situation, going with Gio on one side and then Coleman on the other, is that a good uh, strategy, I guess, to, to put I guess, for GP peoples? I think I don't think it's a bad strategy. I, I kind of tend to shy away from full game stacks personally. I just I don't like putting all my eggs in that one basket because you have to rely on both teams going off, and it's, that's very hard to predict, in my opinion. So, but would I do it in this game? I think the situation kind of calls for it and says that it's okay because of this. Kevin Coleman and Gio Bernard are going to get practically all of the running back snaps for both of these offenses today. They're going to get all of the targets to the running back in both of these offenses today. And for those reasons, I think it's perfectly fine to play them together. 713-780-ESPN. Josh is a busy guy, so he's going to have to leave us soon. So I got just a few more questions for him before we go to break. Josh, who is your flyer of the week this week in DFS? Who's one guy that you'll have, let's say, in 90% of your lineups? The player I've been looking at the most is Jarvis Landry. And it's because there's a lot of players around him that are going to get higher ownership, in my opinion. Landry is... I think he's kind of a lock for a dozen targets today. And we saw, we saw the chemistry, like the immediate chemistry he had with Mayfield in that Monday night game, or sorry, yeah, in that Monday night game against the Jets. And it's just not Monday. It was Thursday. Sorry about that. But anyway, I, I, the chemistry you see, it's already kind of in the rearview mirror, too, because it was 10 days ago. So folks are not thinking necessarily about 10 days ago. So I'm going to be like highly leveraged on Jarvis Landry today. I think he's a lock for a dozen targets. I think he's going to be super productive. This could be, you know, like a 10-catch, 120-yard, two-touchdown game for him. Man, that, that might be somebody I look to stack Mayfield there with Landry. That might be something to look at this week as well. We have a, a question from Twitter here for you, Josh, and they're asking, is Geronimo Allison a must-start today with Cobb inactive? What do you think about him? Absolutely. Yeah, I think you have to start him. His, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers has shown no fear throwing him the ball, and while Leading up to this point, his target volume hasn't been – it's been a kind of hit or miss. Last week he did score a long touchdown. Now, granted, it was a busted coverage, but the fact of the matter is he converted it. And that, to me, that means something, even though he only got four targets. But this week, Cobb is out. Uh, you might see Allison slide into the slot a little bit more and rotate through there with Devontae Adams since Cobb is going to be out. I think Allison's probably a lock for about eight to nine targets, maybe ten targets. And at his price, it's awesome play. I love it. Yeah, I like Allison, too. He beat, I think it was Swearinger on like a sluggo uh, to get that big play last week. So, man, that's something to look for. I mean, Allison can play a little bit. And, man, here we go. We still got more questions coming in. Uh, we got one more for you here, Josh. We got Will. Will, what do you have? Hey, how y'all doing? I actually literally hung up the phone when I was trying to ask a question. But I got Leonard Fournette. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, I got Carson and Leonard Fournette. Which one might be a better play? And also with uh, Josh Gordon, how many, you know, what do you think that you really might see from him today? And then that's all I got. I appreciate you, fellas. Yeah, no sweat, man. It's, um, you know, I would probably play Fournette. I think Fournette's going to have a much better game script at his disposal. And while he may not get all of the running back touches, they're going to probably give some off to, to Yeldon if he's healthy enough. Or you know, Obviously, Corey Grant's going to get a little bit himself. I think Fournette's a great play. He's obviously, if he's in there and starting, uh, before he got injured, they were using him as a three-down back. So they were giving him targets and all of the running back touches. So I really like him as a touchdown equity guy today. I think he could score one or two times. Um, on the other side of that, Carson, while he got 34 touches last week, it was against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are terrible. So this week, 
Arizona has a better defense than that. They should be better on offense this week. I don't think that the, the Seahawks are going to have this opportunity to salt away a big lead for three quarters against the Cardinals like they did against the Cowboys last week. So, to me, it's, it's four net through and through. And then you ask about Gordon and realistic Gordon expectation. To be honest, I don't have an expectation for Gordon. I, they say he's going to play. I don't know how much he's going to play. He may play 12 snaps, but on those 12 snaps, he may see six targets. So it's, it's really hard to give any kind of indication of what he might be able to do. All I will say is that his, his floor is a zero, and his ceiling is 25 points. And it's going to happen somewhere in between that. And that's about all certainty I can give you right now. Well, there you have it. If you, if you needed any more confirmation on a Sunday morning about what to do with your teams, this is the place to get it. Josh ADHD at Fantasy ADHD is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh, tell the people a little bit about what you have going on during the week, man, because I know you, you have some stuff with Roto Grinders. You do a, a weekly video. Um, just let them know what you have going on because I'm sure the people want to know where they can follow you and, and keep in line with you. Yeah, so um, on Sunday nights, after, after all the football's done, we do a, a podcast called The Gillcast, and you can find that on the Roto Grinders feed on Monday mornings. And that's It's a review show, so we review the Sunday action and, and kind of go through our cash lineup builds for the week and discuss the good decisions and the bad decisions, kind of a look forward a little bit. And then on uh, Tuesday nights uh, for Wednesday morning listening, uh, record our sports analytics show. It's called Aggression to the Mean, and that requires a Roto-Grinders premium subscription, which you can get at rotogrinders.com if you're not a member already. And we just kind of go behind the scenes on a lot of the analytical work we do in the background on the NFL and how we try to discover better ways to protect the game of football. So it's more of a, I'd say it's a nerdy discussion, but we try to make it as um, as consumable by the masses as possible because that's kind of our job is to is to make everybody that enjoys football smarter. And the only way we can do that is breaking it down as, as simply as we can. So that's, that's kind of my best schedule for the week. Otherwise, I'm I'm working on the analytical side. I'm building some apps that we run off Fantasy Insiders and Roto Grinders and trying to build the best line if I can. Josh, I can't thank you enough. Every week you come on here and kill it, and we are big, big, big fans of your store. Thanks for taking time every Sunday out of your morning and getting on here. No, I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Good luck to you all today. Good luck, Josh. Go kill it. All right, man. Thanks. And that was brought to you by Klein's Jewelry. Around since 1969, Klein's specializes in everything custom. Bring him some of your old jewelry out of your jewelry box and let him know something that you want made that no one out there has. Go to Klein. He gets a kick out of this. He wants to give you something personalized, something that you know that when you get it there, you'll come back. That's what Klein's about, uh, treating you like family. Call Klein on his personal number and tell him exactly what the occasion is 832-316-1388 that's his personal number he wants to get into your gift and make it the best thing ever no job is too big or too small for clients loose diamonds diamond engagement rings diamond pendants diamond earrings any shape any size don't go to the mall and get that overpriced jewelry go to clients where it's family owned and operated since 1969 he cares about his customers i go there i met him without even having this show i went there for jewelry passed up the galleria one day you know and i went there and found exactly what it was i was looking for and it's not just 
there's many jewelries on every corner, but it's about the way they treat you and the way they 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 want to get you the exact thing you're looking for. And I bought my wife something from there, and she still to this day is very 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 happy with it. So again, the number is eight three two three one six one three eight eight. That's Mark's personal number, and tell him Moneyline ninety seven five sent you. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5.